0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash Judging Megan. And now back to the podcast.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Hi, everyone. So I'm going to start today's episode and tell you about. volunteering to do something for a friend or a relative. Um, I, I sometimes get myself into situations where somebody asks me to do something and I'm like, sure, no problem. So my story is my niece was like, hey, Aunt Megan, she's in her 20s. You know, she's young. She left town with her boyfriend for a month. And she's like, I have nowhere to park my car. What do I do? And I was like, oh, no problem. Come park it on my, like at my house in on my street. So the thing about my street is like, we take up our our driveway, my husband and I, because we use our garage as an office. So basically I didn't realize when I volunteered to take her car that I was going to have to freaking beat moving that stupid vehicle two times a week. And the worst part is, is I'll be like, Maura, please remind me the morning of to move your car the night before. Hey, Auntie Megan, don't forget to move my car tomorrow. So here I am literally trucking in the mornings, no bra, no makeup, pajama bottoms on. My big giant boobs are like flopping in the wind, moving Her stupid car two times a week because I didn't realize that there was street cleaning. So, for the past month and a half, I've had to move her car two times a week. I'm so embarrassed. I'll be in like my cheetah pajama bottoms and like hair like out of control. I'm going to bring in my guest, Josh. Josh, I know you well. Have you, do you get yourself into situations where you're like, hey, no problem, let me help you? And then you're like, by the end of it, you're like, oh my God, I hate you. I'm like, get back in town. I can't take it
2: anymore. Yes. Yes. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, I'm not running outside with no bra on. Well, actually I am running outside. (laughs) But um,
0: yeah. So you have gotten yourself into these situations.
2: Yes. I've definitely gotten myself into the situations. I do so much less nowadays than I think I used to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm just more conscious of like, can I actually fit this into my schedule before I offer my time or, you know, my services or whatever it is that I think I'm trying to help somebody with because sometimes it's sort of like a knee jerk reaction where you're just like, Oh my God, I can help you. Let me know. And then you're like, you know, really make sure that's authentic, you know?
0: Well, I didn't realize I was going to have to move the car like eight times a week. And then one day she got a ticket and she's like, can you send me the ticket? Maura, if you're listening, you owe me a bottle of of buttery Chardonnay, preferably Rombauer for doing this.
2: You didn't think you were going to have to move her car?
0: I thought I was going to have to move the car like once a week. But I didn't realize because we don't park on the street ever that there's different streets and that you have to move it all the time so anyways it's the same. how long has she gone for a month she was gone for a month and a half she gets back on wednesday and that bottle of buttery chardonnay better be there i'm just warning yeah. her right now if she's listening it's the kind, same kind of thing as volunteering to take somebody to the airport like you oh, do no, it
2: actually not no. i mean
0: it's way harder <laughs> but do you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. You know that if you take somebody in the, to the airport, they're going to owe you. You have to take... They're going to have to take you to the airport at some point. So it's like you have to be really careful with these things. But I will say that karma is really a big thing. So that's part of why I decided I was going to do it. But I don't know. I don't and know how I feel about
2: someone staying with you and you're taking them to the airport?
0: Well, she owes me big time. But I'm going to start the show. talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay, And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called Online-Therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you go to the therapy tab. And if you click on the link at the bottom, you can get 20% off your first month. Everyone. welcome to the show today i am so excited to have my buddy my pal josh rosebrook come back on the podcast he came on um a few months about a month ago and it was we ba- we basically talked about his story um you know the hard times that he's gone through in his life the trauma all of that kind of stuff but I had so many of my listeners, so many of you reaching out to me to ask me about Josh and his products that I decided that I was going to have him on because I really wanted to talk about, and I have been for the past couple episodes, aging, Um, skincare is such a big part of aging. And Josh and I are like brother and sister. He's one of my very best friends. And we do both, have a deep passion for the skincare industry. Obviously, he has his own company, Josh Rosebrook, but also about anti aging and anti-aging. So Josh, thank you so much for coming on again.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here.
0: Thank you. Look, you. you look dashing.
2: Oh, uh, I just took a shower.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you look good. Um, So thank you. Thanks for coming on. I, wh- where I want to start is we kind of touched on the last episode, like how you started your, your company. Um, you were at one point doing hair. You did my hair for years and years. You started the skincare company and for the listeners that may, may or may not have listened to that episode, can you just give like a quick history of why you started the company and how it evolved?
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you again. Um, yes. And just real quick, I'll just sort of go over my story real quick. Um, you know, started doing people's hair when I was like 10 years old and it was a way that I connected with people and then they liked me. So it was like a survival mechanism for me um, to just make people beautiful and then they would like me. It was wonderful. And so I think it was really sort of embedded in me that, um, you know, beauty and um, self-care and, you um, you know, I've always just sort of had a commitment to myself. Like if I always take care of my skin, it's always going to look better. What do I have to lose? And I, I realized that at a very young age, I think I was like 15 and I started, you know, going to the body shop and it was, you know, obviously very inclusive branding where I felt as though it was being sold to people and not just women. And so I resonated with that. And so that made me feel like there was a place in beauty for me, um, that I mattered. And that's what I emulate with my line and my brand. Um, along with obviously having results driven, unique formulations that are powered by nature and green cosmetic science and innovation is really, you know, offering people a space where everyone is seen. Um, and sometimes that's not always, that's a, that's just a vibration, you know, it's an energy that you get from a brand or a business or a company. And so um, fast forward, I went to beauty school after high school and you know, found my talent in, you know, truly developing skills to make people look beautiful and learning all about skin, scalp and hair. And then sort started building my clientele. And at that time, the real story behind it was that I was building my clientele and I, you know, was just starting out in the beauty business behind the chair and I didn't have a lot of money to spend on skincare products, but yet I was very much invested in taking care of my skin, as I already mentioned. And so I just started looking at labels and researching how I could make things on my own. It was very earnest and there was no plan to do anything other than make Um, simple formulations that helped me and my skin. And so I made some, you know, I was using, I made some facial oils before people were using facial oils. I was using beeswax and vitamin E and like making a really nice moisturizer for my skin and um, it combated my dry skin. And then I made my cacao antioxidant mask, which, you know, blew up with my clients because they were asking me what I was using and I was giving it to them and they were seeing results. And That's really where I found a place for myself in beauty was just, you know, um, helping people. And it was just that from helping people and guiding people. So um, here we are today. Um, And really, it's just about the integrity of the ingredients and the sourcing and the unique formulations and the results driven product. And then, you know, making sure that, you know, we represent people and we help people and, you know, improving people's lives through beauty is a really important part of my life because it matters, you know, and it does make a difference. So,
0: yeah. Um, what I was going to say is, and we talked about this the last episode is, you know, you started out, I was your client for years and years, by the way, he does really good hair. Um, so if you ever decide to go back to that, I would like to, you to do my hair again. That's on I'm a not, side note.
2: I'm not going back, but
0: thank you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. He's retired, but he did mm-hmm. he was ad- did my hair very well for many years. But he would bring in, like he's talking about samples of these products, and I would use them. And this was years and years ago. And we've been friends since I think we pointed 2007. out. 2007. And- um, and I remember so well, you bringing in these like little testers and you would say, oh, try this out. And the, the products were and are unreal. And my, my I talk about it a lot. On, I have talked about it on the podcast, but with my friends, a lot of my friends <laughs> now are using your products and swear by them. And Thank something you. that I think is really important is you are Green beauty. So, what my question is is, a lot of times I hear from whoever it is, or I see it on Instagram or wherever it is, ant, green beauty is not anti-aging. Can you kind oh, of yeah, touch on touch on that? Because I know that that's there's a big misconception about that, and yeah. I'm not trying well, to brag, but
2: no, no. Here's the deal: is that yeah. Any- Taking care of your skin, you're slowing the aging process. Um, the terms anti-aging and green beauty are really just marketing terms and they're defined individually by consumers and brands and marketing people all over. And so it really doesn't even have a definition. And green doesn't mean anything other than, you know, innovative cosmetic science that utilizes sustainable um, practices and um, procedures and ingredients that serve um, you know renewable resources and not and and you know not including the environment and making sure that we're using things that are in alignment with um, the environment and people and our health which is you know well I think what everybody wants on every level so it's not anything other than, Marketing and, and, and how people sort of interpret it maybe is more as green equals natural, and I don't really believe that green equals natural. Um, I believe green can be synthetic because many synthetic ingredients are also very sustainable and safe and healthy and good for the you know future of the planet and ourselves. So green doesn't equal natural. But then when I hear people say that oh green isn't anti aging, they might be thinking that natural. Isn't, and that's not true either because there is a diverse array of micronutrients in nature that you cannot isolate and use synthetically and create synthetically or use in this way that you. They're called biomimetics, and this is a whole big conversation about what is skincare, what is natural, what isn't, and where do they all sort of blend together. And there's a lot of gray area, and it's really important to just be open and you know stay educated to what products are and what people are saying about them, and make sure you're producing products from people who know and have a hands-on understanding um, and relationship with their formulas and their chemists, so they know what they're creating. You know, I've been doing this for you know going on 20 years now. And I started developing products in like 2003. And um, yeah, it's really um, much more um, gray than black and white in terms of what reverses and slow signs of aging. But to get back to your question, what does reverse and slow signs of aging are nutrient-dense ingredients. And that is very plant-driven many of the time with certain ingredients like algaes and bacterias and certain um, herbs have constituents that can't be isolated. And so they very much are drivers of what does um, you know, slow deterioration of the skin, the aging process. Um, so it's very exciting and there's so much to talk about but and i can obviously run with anything you throw at me but go ahead I, I mean the <laughs> reason
0: the reason i kind of pointed that out though is because i i swear by your line and i'm well, not just a, i'm not just saying be, that yeah dangerous. but i and again i i said i don't mean to brag but i thankfully a lot of it's genetic and we're going to kind of go into this I, my mom has decent my mom has very good skin i shouldn't say So much
2: of our skin yeah obviously is genetic it is but, genetic.
0: But I will tell you that I was using I'm not gonna bring up labels, but I was using very expensive labels before I started using your line years ago, all chemically based um well, and
2: chemical. so it's just like what you're saying is is yeah. it was all synthetically driven produced collection,
0: yeah, so but i'm not I'm not smart enough to say that, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but what what I will say is, you know, I over the years. Every time kind of a new product has been added or bottles have changed or new, new. I swear by this line, I know my skin, I'm very lucky because I do genetically have pretty good skin to start with. But the line itself has, I mean, I, I look younger than my age because of it
2: so been using it for years diligently. And I mean, even though, you know, I've known you for years and you also have access to every single beauty product imaginable and could use whatever you wanted. And you wouldn't like, I know you, you are authentic. You would not lie or use something just because, and you've used it, you swear by it and you've used it for years. And, um, and honestly, you know that if it didn't work, you wouldn't use it.
0: Yeah. Um, and this isn't supposed to be an infomercial. It's really mm-hmm. just trying to put the seal on to explaining to you, my listeners, that um, my, I, and I am, I'm super vain. I talk about it a lot. I, I kid about it, but I'm determined to turn the the hands of like, look as young as I can for as long as I can. I'm 40. I'm in my forties. Right. Right. I still hopefully have half of a life left you know and I I'm determined to go into my second chapter of life with the decision to look good that involves botox that involves filler but it also involves Taking really good care of my skin, getting laser treatment, doing yes, all the was,
2: things. Your skin care is different from the structural things that you might be choosing that are extracurricular and elective, like filler and Botox. It's very different. But you know, you were saying this was an, not an infomercial. No, it's not. I we don't. I don't need to have an infomercial. Um, but what it is is it's a gateway to a bigger conversation about our skin, our beauty, our aging, how it's different for everybody, different procedures whether cosmetic and elective or injectables or and what the difference is between skin care and botox because they do not do the same thing. You can have terrible skin and get botox and your skin can look your skin can appear better. That's because the botox is affecting the structure and the appearance of the skin. It's not actually helping your skin, so you still have to care for your skin. You know, if you talk to any Cosmetic surgeon, um, the first thing they ask you, many of them, I think the most professional ones will ask you, What are you using for skincare? Because it doesn't matter what elective surgery you might be getting to improve your appearance, they all know you have to take care of your skin. And so this is about that, but it's about this bigger conversation. And I'm glad we started out with like, you know, what is my skincare? Like, what is it? You know, being able to um, make skincare, you know, it has to be done with integrity. And this is, you know, really important because I would not put my name on products that did not perform and that I did not believe were the absolute best out there. And what that does is that creates a section in the market, which I am in. And there are a few other there are other brands as well that really lead with integrity and science. And innovation, and you know, utilizing the best of plants and herbs and natural materials, but then also cosmetic science, and bringing ultimately to the customer the most effective product imaginable from all aspects, from green to you know what we call quote unquote anti-aging. The whole industry, the whole spectrum, from medical skincare to you know innovative herbal-driven plant. Um, in um, formulations as well. It's like, that's what I do is I combine everything to lead with that level of just, I'm ultimately giving you the best that I could possibly offer. And then when it comes to these bigger things like you're talking about, they're important because it's different when you're in your twenties and your thirties, it's really important to make sure that you're, um, you know, increasing your exfoliation a little bit and you're, keeping your skin hydrated, and most importantly, SPF. That's the number one thing. And then as you get a little bit older, things change, obviously. And depending on what you want, and depending on your relationship with your beauty, what serves you is the question and the journey. And it should not be laced with anything judgmental against yourself or others it should be very inclusive and this is a good conversation because I want to talk about this with you
0: okay I'm so excited we're talking about this but I will say too what you just touched on it please when you're in your 20s and you're going to the beach and baking in the Sun whatever you do I stopped going in the Sun on my face in at 25 and I, stopped-
2: I- Might as well. Yeah.
0: And I started wearing a hat and I wear a hat every time I walk, a giant hat. My husband makes fun of me. And, um, and I, I, that's how I, I with sunscreen.
2: with sunscreen, with sunscreen,
0: with sunscreen. And it's so important and it needs to have, Josh has a great, um, a great product that has zinc in it. Your sunscreen has to have zinc in it, correct? Um,
2: well, no, it doesn't have okay. to. It's a, it's a perspective on what serves you. I really, really prefer zinc because of the UVA um, power and ability in it. But, you know, anything from organic sunscreens, which are what people term as chemical sunscreens, to um, inorganic, which is a technical term for zinc, even though that's sort of n- not logical Um but um, that zinc oxide is an excellent sunscreen, but it's not just about the actives. It's about the formulation. So it's about everything else that's in the formula creates a really good, effective sunscreen. But I agree. You know, um, I personally love zinc oxide and when it's well formulated, but always wearing a zinc. I stopped sunbathing, um, especially on my face when I was 25 as well, and would only wear a hat at the beach with sunscreen. And I see the difference today. You know, and I did a lot of damage and I had to reverse that damage with really good skincare, proper sunscreen use and laser work later on, you know? Well, let's let's
0: go into that because that's, that's really important. He just made a face because I'm being like, well, come on. (laughs) Um, I, I, I just wanted to touch on that because I think when young people, youngsters start wondering, you know, you see the sunspots, you see all of that stuff. I notice it on, um, on friends and I want to say to them when they say to me, you've good skin. Well, there's a reason why start young, start young period.
2: This is a good point. And I think that this is where we should focus obviously, but, but it's like, and this is interesting when it comes to aging, not just sunscreen, but yes, you're right wear your sunscreen, even if you don't think you're going, if you even think you're, even if you think you're just going to go into the building, like those seconds that you have sunlight on your skin without sunscreen add up, it's cumulative, it accumulates. So it's not how long you spend in the sun, because you're not necessarily going to burn if you're going to the grocery store from the parking lot to the store. But it's the addition of all the UVA rays that Hit your skin unprotected that add up and you don't realize that. So you put it on every day, even inside UV um, light reflects off surfaces and can um, hit your skin to a degree and still cause damage. So when you're young, you don't think about it because your skin looks amazing. Your skin structure looks beautiful and you, you are young. And so you're radiating that. And every day you wake up, you continue to look young and it doesn't seem to change. And so you don't perform You know, you don't treat your skin the same way because of what you're seeing every day, but it's really about remembering to protect it. And then also to realize that, you know, one day when it does start aging, that you're going to see it differently. It's really difficult when I hear people who are like 32 or 33 years old who haven't really started to age yet, telling older people who aren't in the midst of aging you know, 40, 43, 45, 48, what's appropriate and how to handle their aging process. That's not okay. You aren't there yet. You don't know what that's necessarily like. Maybe you do to some degree. And that's something that I feel very passionate about. Cause I see that happening a lot on Instagram, you know, sort of like people who are 30 years old, you know, I mean we all have a perspective of beauty and aging and we're all totally entitled to that but when we're talking about what to do and what not to do for people who have started the aging process considerably you know it's important to remember that that's personal for them and you might not know that yet
0: I I think that's a great point because I do see that a lot um that I wanted to talk about specifically aging And getting into your like upper thirties, forties, and you brought up a point about you can get Botox, but if you don't have the good elasticity in your skin and your skin doesn't look, I mean, how many times do you see these like women that have gotten so much work done and they look horrible because they don't have good skin? Yeah, because they're still not
2: wearing sunscreen and they might have a lot damage and they don't realize it. And I think that's where education comes into it. It's really important. That's why, you know, I think podcasts like this are really important because, you know, it's a, it's really seamlessly, we move between aging, self-esteem and, you know, how that links into our own trauma from like all the other past episodes you talk about, these things do blend together. They're not separate, you know, our lives, um, are, are what you're talking about. And I think, you know, like somebody that might have a lot of procedures done or whatever, but still not care for their skin. Like, you know, why, what, you know, I think sometimes we, we have to realize that we you know, lead with education and learn as much as possible. But there's a lot to know about skincare and, um, you know, and in the aging process and wellness and what we can do and what we can't get to. And also to realize that you're doing enough, no matter what, And if it doesn't inspire you, then don't do it. Don't do things out of fear. Like, Oh my God, I need to figure out what to do with my skin. Don't be scared. Don't worry about it. None of it is that important. It's more important than anything. It's just your day-to-day balance and mental happiness in this crazy world and really just aligning with that. And then it's, when we find skincare that, and we see that caring for ourselves feels so, makes us feel so good. That's the power of beauty. And then also saying, you know, I want to do this for myself. And this is what I feel is good for me. Like, you know, somebody who's done a lot of procedures and has damaged skin, you know, they need, they might, they might just not care. And that's okay. Cause some people only want to do so much. And, um, and then some people, um, just might not have the tools and then also the accessibility of many of the things we're talking about. It's not accessible for everybody to find, um, you know, different procedures and treatments. It's expensive and it's very much privilege. And, you know, when I started, you know, really becoming obsessed with skincare in my early 20s and I couldn't afford it, I couldn't afford a procedure or even a skincare serum for $30. I needed to buy beans and rice to survive, um, you know, at that time of my life. But the thing was, is that, is that at that point, my, um, you know, my, my innovation was like, make this stuff on my own, do what I can, you know? So it's like, I do believe that, that you can find what fits your budget and you can access, but, but obviously it's not inclusive for everybody to access everything. And we always need to remember that it's a privilege.
0: That's that's a really good point. That's a really good point that I wasn't actually even thinking about. And it's true. Um, education.
2: And, you know, even like say access to your video, you know that's a privilege, and may- maybe people, you know, I just try to think of everything, even though you know we can't ever cover all of the bases. But
0: well, what I was what I was going to say is once you get into your upper thirties and forties, well, this it doesn't matter what lotions or whatever you're putting, yeah, it helps, but your skin begins to, um, it's called gravity. <laughs> And your skin begins to change and you might begin to start jowling. Your age spots are going to come out. You're, um, you're going to lose tone in in certain areas of your face. A lot of times women kind of like hollow out. What, what are your thoughts on... I know what my thoughts are and I'm very open about it. I just talked about it again. But I get Botox, I get filler, I get lasers. I've done a lot of things to my face to try and stop the hands of time. But what are your thoughts on that? And have you done any of those?
2: Well, things? yes, I have. And I am very much pro all of those things with what serves each individual person and what you can access. But I also don't believe in going into debt mm-hmm. um, if you can't afford certain procedures, because just like what we were saying, they're expensive. And um, I have a couple stories that I'll share, but first and foremost, um, you know, I do think that it's like, for me, I look at it as embrace aging, right? Because we're not escaping it. We're aging. Aging is one thing, but the signs of aging are another. And how well you process your personal aging is, is your is how you feel about yourself. And what you want to do for yourself. So it's like embrace aging. That's a gift. You know, thank God we're here today. And hopefully we'll be here in next year, five, 10 years, all that.
0: My mom mom says, thank God I'm still on this side of the dirt. My mom likes to say that. And it's true. It's true.
2: One of my favorite people, Caroline Hirons, says the goal is old or old is the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal done. End of story. Period. Right. Yeah. But that's what, you know, so I say to myself, embrace the aging. It's not going to go away. You can't erase the aging, you know, but you can minimize it. Right. And what we're talking about is minimizing it if that serves you. Uh, it's a very beautiful gray area where we have to become comfortable with loving the signs of age because we can't erase it. But we also have to, so we embrace the aging, love the aging, we can't erase it. But then we can look at it with perspective in a loving grace where we love it, but we also want to minimize it. And that's a very tricky thing to do. Because since you can't erase it, and we want to be here and we want to age, we want to embrace it, but we also want to minimize it because that makes us feel good. And that's how we perceive and want to feel healthy and young and beautiful. So we have to acknowledge our culture. You know, we don't need to you know, do things out of fear. And if like our worth and value, we need to make sure that our value is not tied up in our appearance. And I'm speaking to myself too, because I have bits of my worth that are tied up in my appearance that I'm working on. And it started dealing with that when I started seeing aging at the age of about 43. And you start to deal with it in bits and pieces and go, whoa, this is not going away. Okay, well, who am I? Well, what do I want? You sort of cling to the power of our beautiful faces and bodies that haven't started the aging process and that, and that image of it, because we did feel uplifted. You feel uplifted when you are young and beautiful and don't have signs of aging. But then as we grow old, we're like, well, I'm glad to be here. And I should be older looking now. I'm 45. And I'm actually not 45. I'm almost 47. But um, the, but feeling as though, like, I've been here. I should show that I've been here. I don't, you know. And so not rejecting the signs of age, but then going, but I still want to look best because I feel young and then wanting to align with that without doing it to a point where we're trying to erase it and fight it away. So, I believe, you know, a roundabout sort of answer to your question. (laughs) I do. I have, I have, um, back in 2008, I had very deep set eyes and I had tear trough filler put in, and it really was wonderful because of the genetic predisposition of my eyes. And it made me feel so good. And I was, you know, I was like in my early thirties, it had nothing to do with aging. It was, you know, it, genetic predisposition. My sister has it as well. So I had that filled in. And then I realized that, you know, fillers can be a bit of a moving target. And um, over the years, it really is about finding what serves you. Um, I had to eventually get them taken out and have my lower lids done because of this genetic predisposition and the aging process and since then it's you know it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my whole life because I was you know if you get to the point where you don't even want to have your picture taken even though you know you look good because of the shadows and because of how something is affecting you that's a personal thing and I do think everybody should consult their close friends and doctors and find out if it's really right for you because it's not always the answer because sometimes it's just about embracing what you what you your beauty and how you aged or your genetic predisposition and moving forward but if you can't that's something that you should really acknowledge because your self-esteem matters more than anything so that's really important to to connect to that subtlety and that nuance in your own personal beauty but i really do believe that it's like you know um, if you are considering any sort of procedure or anything that does cost money, you know, one, can you afford this? Because when I was talking about when I had under eye filler put in one in, you know, many, many years ago, um, I actually couldn't afford it. And I did it anyway. And that isn't actually a good life decision. And um, so that's something that's also remember that, you know, I couldn't access it, but I, you know did my best to and went into debt for it. And it really wasn't the best decision for me. But then one of the things that I did um, many years ago, um, and I I think it's important for people to know, it's not as much about skin, but it is about surgery. Like I had a rhinoplasty and um, it is one of the best things I ever did for myself because I was so deeply insecure about The appearance of my nose, that it really inhibited the happiness in my life after a while. And that's when it's important to really acknowledge, like, the gift that plastic surgery can be. Because, you know, our bodies are a gift, but they're dying, and we're only here for a brief moment, and we need all of the, You know, we can't control so much about life. And if we can control something so little as making something imbalance on our face that makes us feel good for the rest of our life, I think it's worthy of that. And I do believe in that. And so when I did get my rhinoplasty, you know, I used to always think about my nose and how insecure I felt and what other people were looking at me from one angle and whether or not it looked too big. And I just, you know, it it affected me. Um, And then after the rhinoplasty, granted, I got, you know, 10 consultations and went with a really wonderful doctor. And it was a really great procedure that was really, really wonderful for me. Um, but I never think about my nose anymore. Never even think about it. I never, I don't, it's not even a part of my life because it doesn't matter because it shouldn't have mattered. Does that make sense?
0: I, I love how honest you are. And, and, and I didn't know you when you had the rhinoplasty, that was before we were friends. But I do remember when you had the bags under your eyes, I didn't notice it, but it bothered you. And it's so important.
2: It bothered you and you
0: felt insecure. So what I will say is when I had, when I was young, I had these like really good boobs. They were like up to my chin. (laughs) They were always huge And I always felt really uncomfortable in my own skin. I've always been very curvy and, um, and I would get attention for my chest and the way I looked at a young age. But then once I had kids, your body changes, right? You're nursing, you're a sort of a food source for your babies. And I, they started to sag and they got bigger and bigger and so I made the decision after I had Ella my 7-year-old that I was going to have a lift and a reduction. And I will tell you just like you just said this was a life-changing experience for me. I was always uncomfortable in my own skin. I I was like felt like I was like you know, I was getting unwanted attention that I didn't want. I was in corporate America and I would always be insecure with like the buttons on my shirt when I was wearing suits and So I love that you are so honest with people because it is, yes, it's, you have to have be a financial means to get surgery, but if, if it's something you, that really bothers you and you really want to do it, nobody should judge somebody else. And just like you, you don't even think about your nose. I don't thankfully have to worry about being uncomfortable in my own skin anymore because I'm very happy with my results.
2: Right. And how amazing is that, that, you know, cosmetic science and plastic surgery, medical science, um, has given us the ability to do things like that, that improve the quality of our lives so much. And, you know, I just think that, um, you know, it's to remember where we're coming from. Are we trying to erase the aging? Are we trying to minimize and feel better? And because we know this is right for us and, you know, not to take it too seriously and don't judge anybody else's process. You know what I mean? And I even think so in terms of people that appear as though they've gotten too much surgery, which you don't see as much anymore these days because the surgery and procedures and science has advanced so much that you don't notice people who've had good surgery because that's the whole point, but that it's important to acknowledge that it's okay. If somebody has too much Botox in their face, that's okay. If they like what they look like, that's okay. That's great. And to remember that, you know, um, you know, it's not, it's not a negative thing to want to slow the hands of time a bit here and there, or to, you know, say, you know, for whatever reason at whatever point in your life that you feel as though you want to maybe get a little filler because you, you know, you, you you think that it's going to add a little bit of volume to a place on your face that you've lost it. Like, you know what, try it, see it. If that serves you, if you don't like it, don't do it again. You know, but again, you know, I hear you. I remember when you had the breast reduction surgery and you were like a different person after, and that is really, you know, the beauty of it
0: just to have the confidence. And I talk about this a lot. So I, I physically was attractive. I was always lucky. Like I got a lot of attention for my physical appearance in my twenties and thirties or whatever, but I didn't like my insights. I wasn't happy. I was struggling with, you know, not ever feeling good enough. Not really like all the trauma I had gone through really messed with me. I mean, you knew you've known me through some really dark periods in my life. And over the past couple of years, I've really worked on myself, which, you know, and I like my, I, I'm, I like my insides more now. So for me, it's about matching my insides and my out and my physical appearance. And so That's why it's so important to me because I I'm not saying I'm gonna ever have the face I did at 20, 25, even 30, 35. No, you never will. You never will. But I'm gonna, I'm I would like to keep looking my best because I I wanna match my insights and my and to the best of my ability.
2: You bring up such a beautiful, you know, statement like. you know, when you're working on yourself and you're happy and you love who you are, that is the core, you know, that is more important than anything because nothing else matters. Our happiness is something that carries us through every day and connects us to people and makes us feel grateful and to be alive and to really truly experience life. And so, but that's a radiance that you then have. And when you're talking about, um, you know, say procedures, whether it be um, cosmetic procedures or really effective skincare and or some Botox here and there. You know, you're taking care of yourself and there's a beautiful place where if you are lucky enough, where you're fortunate enough to be able to to access Botox and be able to afford it and things like that. that, that's a beautiful thing to be able to self-care, to feel good, that sort of complements that radiance inside of you that you are emanating because you've been doing your work and you're connecting to your, who you are and healing and becoming more whole, which is all that matters and feeds into that. And then that's a very beautiful way to live your life. And, and I think that that's, that, that is, that is the way, but to, to remember that when we do start to cross over into anything can be unhealthy, even eating healthy can become unhealthy. And so to remember that when we, are we self-caring, you know, through these things that make us feel good and we're lucky enough to access and privileged enough to have and to do, when does it cross over into obsession or fear of looking older or fear of, of, of of our worth and value being tied into our appearance. And that's when we go back to the self-work and go, okay, I'm crossed over. Now I actually have some more self-healing to do because this is becoming something that is not just about supporting my radiance and how I feel inside. It's become something that now is crossed over into sort of the areas that I have more pain or fear. And so it can be a measuring sort of like a, a you know, sort of like a, what do you call it a sort of like a not a measuring stick but like a
0: like a, ga-
2: you know, a gauge a, a, gauge. a yeah. gauge So it yeah. can be a gauge for us to actually know we're in balance or know that this is something and that's how I've learned to really question when I'm looking to run away from something or am I looking to support my wellness and my healing because it's a fine line when it can just be um, supportive and self-loving and healing or crossover into obsession and fear and self-hatred. And that's our journey and nobody knows it, but you and your therapist or our therapist or whoever we are talking to. And, you know, and most, most of all, you, 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 you.
0: I, I love, I love too, just to touch on this, um, that you really work as a human on, on, self-love and acceptance. And, um, we talk a lot in our friendship about, um, like not the secret, but just like putting stuff out into the universe. And I think that that's part of what, like, you're like the like whatever you do with the surgery or the skincare, but you also have this light around you. I, does that sound weird? I can't oh, explain it.
2: No, it's I just mean, I, something I
0: that don't... that I that you and I have been friends for a long time and so a couple of years ago you would say things to me and it would kind of go like in one ear out the other and then I started to really do it and and it's amazing how that works right can you right. kind of touch on that because I, I love that, I, that about you
2: thank you Megan I appreciate that and I think that what you're talking about is something that everybody resonates to on a soul level um, is that our vibration, our minds and what we think is ultimately what we're feeling. And then that contributes to the world that we create for ourselves. And we can use that to our advantage and use it as a gauge again, for our, how far am I from myself? And, you know, and that's how happy we are to how unhappy we are. I don't believe we're supposed to be running around happy all the time. I do believe life is about the myriad of emotions that we experience. And, but we're also supposed to realize that our, I think our base level, our core being feels good. And so whatever we're doing or what we're thinking that makes does not feel good is is should be a, a guide to telling us how far we are from ourselves. But that ultimately, even if we're talking about things like, you know, my skincare, my well-being, my health, whatever it is, or if we just want a day to go well, it's, it's realizing that everything right now has already happened. It's already done. Everything that today right now is already in the past. Where do we want to go? And so when P- I try to remember when people ask me, how are you doing? I don't respond with how I am right now. I respond with how, where I want to be because that's actually what I'm creating right now is my answer in how I'm doing right now is, 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 is where I'm going to, is what I'm going to put forward because it's an energy, you know, and that's, and that energy is very real. It's physics. It's like, like quantum physics has been, you know, it's brilliant and fascinating and I've studied it for years. Um, and it is as well the secret and all of those, you know, Abraham Hicks, all of the great thinkers and communicators of our time of this truth. And it's nobody's. Nobody owns the wisdom. It's the universe. And, you know, we just reinterpret it in our, with our own language. But it's ultimately that, you know, always working yourself into a better feeling place around anything and everything um, and shifting into it. What I kind of have keys that I sort of have that come to me in meditation that I use Um, you know, daily and they change. And because we need a new way of thinking every day that speaks to where we're at every day, you know, and that's like a message or a clue or like people, you know, it's like, it's like becomes your prayer of the day, whether it's a word or a phrase or a, um, or a mantra. And, you know, recently it's been for me, it's been hold the knowing of everything that you're wanting, and stay in that space. And sometimes that can be very intangible for people. But it's just like, we have to trust our inner spirit knows more about our own happiness and to just constantly be sort of like falling into our own spirit and trusting that it knows what we want. And ultimately, we feel better when we do that. Because when we're doing that, we're not in our mind and in the fear and the worry and the fear and the worry in the mind is what takes us out of ourselves and out of our core. And it's really important important to be relinquishing that whenever we become aware that we're in that and just sit in our spirit, stop our mind and let go. And then just that act is something that aligns us with who we are and more of what we want.
0: I, I love that. I mean, I didn't want to kind of go off track, but I do think it's important because all of this stuff goes together. Uh, exactly. If, if, if I, uh, I'll give you an example. So I was walking down the street the other day and there was like an elephant, like this stuffed elephant in the middle of the street. And I went, I don't want to bend down and pick that up. But then I thought about it and I was like, that's probably some baby's toy. And the mom's walking all through the streets trying to find that toy for the baby because that's the baby's like toy that they sleep with every night. Okay. So yeah. then I walked past it and then I went backwards. I picked it up and I put it on the curb so nobody would drop, would run, oh, run it over. And then I thought about it and I was like, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to Target and you don't want to return the cart because you don't want to walk the extra feet to return the cart. But then it's karma because somebody else has to go out there and get your cart. It's the same kind of thing as, right? It's like, yes. does that well, make I, sense?
2: No, well, Megan, your spot on and those are the things that's called being conscious in the moment of something bigger than yourself and then looking to you know the the most positive aspect in order to you know do what is telling you you're being guided to do but let me take it a little bit deeper like for instance in both of those situations those are prime examples and that's your spirit guiding you and showing you the the truth in it and the beauty but like How about be grateful that you can bend over and pick up the elephant in the street, you know, be grateful that you still can, because some people can't, and maybe one day you won't be able to. And then when it comes to your cart at Target, like, like, let's bring it back because we're able, like, I'm grateful that I'm able to bring, to bring the cart back to its, you know, to wherever it goes, because there might be a day when you might not be able to, or there are people that actually can't do that. And they wish they could bring the cart back. Way mm-hmm. to
0: reframe! I love that, but it's, um, I yeah. but it is true. I mean, I think that all of this stuff, like beauty, I mean, it's about anti aging. It's about beauty. It's about finding your your like having your insides match your outsides. I'm never gonna look as young. We're never gonna look as young, but. For both of us, we're very close and we do, we both have a passion for understanding how to age gracefully the way that we want to do it. But that also means, and I wanted to touch on this, matching your insides with your outsides. You could be the most beautiful, physically perfect looking person on the outside. I think of Dr. Nay, my, (laughs) my therapist, she's in her 50s, she's physically gorgeous, but she we, on the last episode or a couple episodes ago talked so much about how her she worked really hard to get her you know and her uh, her degree and go into psychology and study and better herself and so I think that we can continue to talk about like what's the newest laser Botox Juvederm all those things but if we're not gonna work on our insides and being better people, then it's like, what's the point? Then you're just going to decay. You're just a body and then your soul at the end of your life. Like it doesn't matter.
2: Yes. That's that balance of where like, Like nothing matters if you aren't healing, if you aren't on a conscious path of becoming a better person and the best version of who you are. And however that takes, you know, and maybe that's just like journaling more for one person or maybe it's getting into therapy or maybe it's just, you know, meditating more or whatever it can be a million different things. And there's so many books out there to read and podcasts to listen to, but like our, our lives, our lives are really about it coming into a deeper alignment with who we really are. And, you know, I think it's natural to reflect that in our living space. We want our, we want our living spaces to be beautiful and comfortable and reflect us. We want our relationships to be in balance and be beautiful and reflect us. And we also want our skin and our bodies to look and balance and reflect too, but it's that it's being so aware that we are knowing that you cannot stop the hands of time. You cannot have a, different hair. You cannot have a different body and to have the best version of your skin and your hair and your body and your life that you can when it's still coming from inspiration and self-care and self-love versus crossing over into like um, your fear of judgment or your fear of what people will think or not being enough or all of those other things that are when it's not who we are. Um, And I don't know, it's wonderful to be able to have this conversation with you and share this with everybody, because I think that, um, you know, this is something where we need a community to talk about and engage. And, you know, we've been living through this terrible virus that has, you know changed everybody. And it's been horrific in so many ways, but, uh, you know, taken away our ability or our opportunities to connect in person as much. And I think we really have been changed psychologically. So it's wonderful to be able to have this conversation, you know, with technology in this way, especially with you, your podcast is incredible and I'm so grateful to be on here.
0: Well, I, I, but before we close, I do have to ask.
2: We I mean to end it. <laughs>
0: No, but I do have to, on a serious, on a serious note, you know this, but I will tell my listeners this, um, our friendship is very, very special. Um, we met in a time when we were both like growing up and, um, just, we've gone through a lot, a lot together. And I just, I'm grateful that I have a friend like you that's more of like a brother to me like you guys don't understand we get in like full-fledged fights sometimes <laughs> but <No. laughs> but we but we have been through so much together and you have always been my biggest fan and cheered me on in my in my times of despair and so i i just am so grateful to you for our friendship thank because you. it means so thank, much
2: thank you and i mean i'll say you are such an incredible friend, you are always there for people, especially when they're in need and you are one of those people that would drop everything for someone and absolutely do what they need and that's a true friend you know people that are always there and that's something that you know as you get older um uh which we are doing and I'm loving <laughs> yes. um, When we get older um you know it's um it's something that becomes more rare in your friendships and you start editing your friendships. And that's actually a beautiful thing because people that don't resonate with that level of quality in a friendship, they can go, you know, because I'm sure there's people that help them do what they need to do too. And, you know, honestly, I'm grateful for you and what our friendship, I mean, we were kids in LA and like, you know, trying to make it and making it and, you know, it was a different world then. And I'm grateful to have, to have been there and, you know, grown and still have you in my life in this way. So you're irreplaceable. So thank you.
0: Oh, I love you. Um, in closing, I did want to ask w- one more question about like some recommendations that I know you're, you're very knowledgeable in this area. If somebody were to go and get, like they wanted to get a consult or get like a laser treatment, are there some treatments that you would recommend?
2: Oh, God. Okay. So big question. You know, it just depends on the level of what you're looking for. If anybody is, you know, sort of has sun damage, you know, that's a very common basic concern. And there are a lot of different lasers from IPL to Fraxel, um, and things that really do help, um, Again, if you're not wearing sunscreen today, every day, all day, and if you're not caring for your skin, and you know using, you know your hydrating um, moisturizers and your acids and exfoliators, and you're not taking care of your skin and protecting it with all the phases that are really important, which we should do a podcast for about sometime. the phases of skincare, but we you know whatever there's time for that. If you're not doing those things to support your skin health, then going and getting a laser would really just be, laser treatment would really just be temporary. So if you're doing that, and you're taking care of your skin and you really want to you know, sort of go back and take care of the damage that ensued when you were young and sunbathing when you were younger, which we all did. And that's the only reason why I had laser treatment is because I damaged my skin. If I had been wearing sunscreen, I wouldn't have needed to get it. So with that, um, there are some really incredible lasers. Don't be shy about asking and going to consultation. Word of mouth is best. Um There's a facility in Torrance in South Bay that I think is incredible. It's
0: called
2: called Awaken Aesthetics, and that's Dr. On, And he is the most incredible, beautiful, educated. He's an oculoplasty specialist that focuses, obviously, on eye area. um, And um, he's the one who did my lower lid blepharoplasty, who, um, you know, that changed my life and made me finally not have those bulging fat pads that made me feel so insecure. Um, And um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, But there are so many- Can I just say
0: one thing too? I love, shout out to Dr. An, because I go to Dr. An too. And he is an incredible man, doctor. He's the kind of doctor that will tell you. I remember going in there and I was like, I need to have my eyes done you had recommended him to me and he looked at me and he was like, you don't need your eyes done. Like those, that's exactly that's, what those the- are the kind of doctors, people, if you're listening, you don't do your homework, do your research. It is like Josh said, word of mouth. Uh, we both like love Dr. On. I, I always go to Dr. On like I see him like once a year for like it's maintenance called, stuff. It's yeah,
2: ethical. It's being an yes. ethical there and they're yes. out there you just have to find them and you know when you're in their space because you will you'll ask mm-hmm. them about something and they won't always encourage you they'll say like no you don't need that he told her you don't need your eyes done what a relief because we don't know and many times you know we're relying on the education the expertise of doctors like that and it's that ethics that's really important that's why i love awaken aesthetics doctor on is incredible um So there, and also too, I would be, I I personally, if you're ever considering filler or Botox, I would not get filler or Botox from anybody other than a plastic surgeon, somebody who understands the structure and the vascular nature and the nervous system of the face and the musculature, because I don't think that people who are just, I am not saying it can't be right. And I'm not judging any medical estheticians that do injectables because if you do, that's wonderful. But this is what I think is that I think that anytime there's spaces being injected with anything, and I'm saying this so that you are doing things safely, but that it should only be done by a plastic surgeon and a medical doctor. Um, And other than that, um, I think that obviously it is it is, it's what's right for you and I'm not we aren't, I'm not promoting this in any other way other than like there's incredible medical options out there if you can access them and you are privileged enough to have them um, and uh, and if you want them and if they're right for you but nothing nothing is um, that important. What were you gonna say Megan I was Sorry. gonna
0: say I don't agree with you hundred percent on I, I, oh. go, I go to a nurse I, but I do my homework on who I go to for filler and um, and Botox nurses. I go to, um, I go to a place where they're very, very good. I have a friend that's amazing uh, filler. She did, she studied up. Um, if you have questions on this and you're local to the South Bay, reach out to me in Los Angeles. Um, if you have questions and you want to go to Josh, he might be harder to reach because um, he is very busy, but what is a good way if some, oh, and we forgot, what laser would you recommend? We kind of forgot oh, to talk it, about it that. It
2: really depends. It really depends. Depends you know, on because, the. You know, yeah. Acne scarring. Um, okay. Uh, you know, there is the uh, 1540 um, that's really good. I believe Ulthera,
0: that's really um, d- I've, I've done Ulthera.
2: Well, Ulthera is, Ulthera is different. That is um, radio frequency and that's muscle tightening okay and that can be really effective and then there is a skin treatment um clear um, clear and brilliant that is a really wonderful um topical laser treatment that um tightens the skin so different things work for musculature different things work to stimulate collagen you know and then our skin care really just supports and um and facilitates our healthy skin function and supports that structure as well so it's really important that we are coming at it from all angles if that's what's important to you you know um and there is thing there are things that um so with the um, radio frequency and um, and there is um, lasers, um, different lasers that work. Um, Fraxel is a very wonderful one that, you know, that just means that it goes in and only um, treats the damaged skin um, so that it turns over into in, instead of treating all of your skin and that being a longer recovery time. So all of these things are, are really great. And there's so many advancements. Um, and. Um, you know have fun with it if you can afford to do it and if, and and if you you know make sure that you find the right practitioners and um and yeah. I, you know, if you have any questions about it, I am available. Megan is, you know, I am available, but also too, if anybody has any skincare questions, please follow me on Instagram. I'm, I actually, I do have some help with responding to people on there, but I'm on there regularly because I'm front and center and I don't hide, you know, and I want to be front and center, answering people's questions, being very customer facing. So I'm there and I create all of the content and um, also to joshrosbrook.com. Is my website where we have really fast shipping. And um, you do. Yeah, you know, if you have any free shipping too, if you sign up for our rewards program, um, and that's really kind of unheard of. We don't have a lot of annoying pop ups on my site either, so that people aren't distracted. Like we just want you to come and we speak to your intelligence when you come to the site. And so, and so um, if you have any questions about skincare, you can email me, josh at joshrosework.com, and I will guide you best I can. If I can't, I have an incredible customer experience team that is so knowledgeable and fully drained in my philosophy and my approach. So.
0: Um, I can vouch for that. And I will tell you on my Instagram last month, we had a giveaway and I, and I chose my favorite Josh products and Josh was nice enough to do the giveaway for my, my followers and my listeners. If you want to follow me and ask me questions about what products I swear by of, of his, I love them all, but there's specific ones that I literally cannot live without. Thank you, um, please, please, please. Also, if you have curly hair, <laughs> there is a product that I t- like. It has changed my life. Okay, so the skincare I love, Whoa. but also oh, the my hair.
2: Can be less. I have hairs. Yes.
0: So the one product that I love is the the um and the anti-frizz elixir.
2: The serum spray.
0: The serum spray.
2: The serum spray. Oh, I live,
0: yeah. I live for the serum spray. Um I my hair is completely when I've been able to use that product for my entire life. I've had curly, wavy hair. I now can leave my house. I spray it all over my hair, and I leave my house and I don't dry my hair anymore. It's amazing. So I'll just say that.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you love that. I mean, it reduces frizz on every hair type and texture. It's really wonderful. And it's just one of those sort of like unsung heroes that like, I'm glad. Thanks for sharing. Um, And and
0: by the way, if you have questions, like I said, follow me at Judging Megan. Um, And um, I also wanted to say in closing, thank you so much to you all for your support. If you do choose to make a donation, you can go to judgingmegan.com click on the buy me a Chardonnay button. It's not really, to. it's not really to buy me a Chardonnay, which I pointed out before. And well, I always, maybe, <laughs> and I always love your reviews. So if you want to leave me a review on Apple, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. In closing. Thank you, Josh. I love you.
2: Thank you. I love you. Thank you for everybody listening and, and taking the time to listen. And I would, you know, like, let's, Follow each other and connect on Instagram. as the easiest place. And thank you for letting me be here on your podcast, mate.
0: Of course. So keep living, keep praying and keep growing. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store.